Hello and welcome to Growing Tech Fast, the condensed Org 3D podcast where we talk about growing tech startups with those who have grown them. Today I'm joined by Jason Needham. Uh, he is the CEO of Cloud Entity and has a strong background in the cybersecurity and SaaS space. Jason, it's a pleasure to have you on the pod today. How are you doing? Good. Thank you very much. Nice to be here, Ben. Thanks for having me. No worries. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, so for the benefit of our listeners then, Jason, I typically like to start off um, with you just giving us a brief introduction into kind of who you are, what your mission is, and the work that you're up to at the moment. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously, I think everybody heard my name. So Jason Needham, I, I am the CEO of Cloud Entity. Uh, we're, t- we're a company startup focused in the uh, application authorization space, really helping organizations control data and access to their API endpoints. And so it's in this very thematic area of, um, of uh, API security, as well as uh, access and authorization and really data control. Um, so very excited to join today and talk about you know the company and also my past experiences. So. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Well, I'd love to start with your um, past experiences then. A, a big focus for this podcast, obviously, is, is the startup world. Um, so far, you've co-founded two uh, te- technology startups and led them to successful acquisitions, one via Apple and the other one via VMware. Um, so I'd love to sort of spend a few minutes on those experiences, hear about those. Um, so at the start of your career, you were at F5 Networks for sort of 12 years or so, and then co-founded and acted as the chief product officer at Union Bay Networks. So what kind of gave you the inspiration to embark on that journey and, uh, and what success did you see there? Yeah, well, you know, I like to joke with people that um, I, ha- I was having so much fun at F5, I kind of lost track of time. It was an amazing journey that we had from essentially 100 million. When I left, it was 1.3 billion. So um, I got to see the company reinvented a lot, a lot of different times, a lot of different ways. I think that was an amazing experience. But my intention was always to go in and try to build value and disrupt. And so, um, you know, I actually started Union Bay Networks with uh, five guys out of F5. And we saw, you know, a great opportunity to help uh, with the world kind of shifting to more a cloud-based infrastructure, cloud-based architectures to really redefine what was going on. And at, at the time, you know, the focus was really around software-defined networking. So, um, you know, 13 months all in, we built something really amazing, kind of had a surprise meeting with Apple where they just said, you know, we're going to buy you. And then I got locked up and mentioned the word Apple for five years. Um, so it was, a, it was an amazing run. Uh, you know, I think we became the first engineering office in Seattle outside of Cupertino. You know, Steve Jobs is kind of against that uh, that type of thing. And so um, there was a lot of speculation about uh, what we were doing. But, um, you know, fundamentally, we became a core technology for uh, some of the Apple uh, cloud infrastructure and, um, and, and products that were within. So great run. And, you know, that end-to-end journey was super fast, so it was uh, unexpected. That's not how you go in, kind of starting a, a, a startup, thinking, "Oh, I'm going to be in this for for a short amount of time." Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear kind of what your description of that experience was then, and how that acquisition came about. So, what did you know about that in advance? How, what, how did that process of being bought actually go down? Well. 
you know, we were talking, we were talking to Apple, like a lot of different cost, uh, uh, companies as customers, right? And we're focused on building value and delivering a solution that would be game changing for, you know, everyone we were talking with. And I think a lot of those first meetings, it's hard to get into, you know, these really premier um, gold chip companies. A lot of that kind of came from our background and knowledge, and we had a lot of really smart people. Um, and so those dialogues turned into something more. So that that was really our focus. And um, you know, sometimes it's 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 good to be at the right place at the right time. I think um, Apple, like a lot of companies, are spending a tremendous amount in the area of networking and security. And so they saw an opportunity for them to take uh, at least a portion of their destiny into their own hands by by owning what we had uh, what we had come up with. I think it also helped that a lot of companies were struggling in this space, Apple included, and uh, to really kind of figure out in this new world of software defined networking, um, how to go and execute in this space. So um, there wasn't a lot of magic there. We were just focused on building the business and, uh, and getting into customers that, that really could appreciate what we were doing. Wow, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, f a fascinating, um... Yeah, understanding of how that kind of went down. I guess you were a, a kind of pre-packaged solution to their problem, I guess. Um, and so you were hunting them as a customer and therefore demonstrated um, in the purest form kind of what the, the value is to them, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, and, and uh, Apple's interesting. They're a very secretive company. Um, so, uh, you know, you don't learn a lot about what they're thinking about during the process, mm -hmm. what their plans are. Um, and, and so, you know, we just knew that uh, uh, <laughs> we lit a fire and, uh, and next thing we knew, you know, uh, we, we were, you know, an extension of their engineering team in Seattle. So, um, so it's a great outcome. You know, I think uh, at the end of the day with, uh, with a lot of these companies, it really is all about just focusing on the business and building value and solving problems. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. our focus. Yeah. Okay. And, and subsequently to that experience, then um, you also went to co-found another technology startup in um, Cloud Corio, acting as the chief marketing officer this time. So how was that experience different to your previous venture with Union Bay? Yeah, well, I had taken a, a little bit of a uh, time off a, a sabbatical. I came back into the market thinking about cloud as well, and also looking at the DevOps trends and um, met the co-founder. There was an introduction through uh, a common VC. And um, so I, I, you know, with Cloud Corio, one of the things that really attracted me was the DevOps movement and this theme around automation. You know, at the time, uh, HashiCorp and Terraform hadn't really taken off. And we were thinking about you know, ways to really make automating and managing infrastructure more, more, um, more seamless, more, more manageable in a, in a cloud world. And so, um, you know, that, that journey, uh, you know, really started with the vision there to, to help automate and secure, you know, the future of cloud infrastructure. And so for me, um, one of the things that I always look for is thematically, is this an area that's important? You know, I've spent my whole career in B2B and, uh, you know, the enterprise infrastructure and cloud space. And so, uh, you know, this you know, Cloud Corey had a lot of those trends. I mean, if, if you mess up how your cloud is provisioned, if you can't figure out um, uh, how to automate that in a way you end up with, and I think we see this with cloud security vulnerabilities and a lot of things that have emerged um, and really the DevOps movement and automation. Um, so that was really the focus for us. And 
I felt like it was a great bet um, and something that, you know, part, part of my process whenever I evaluate some of these ideas is really go talk to, you know, the 20 smartest people I know, um, just do a lot of uh, a lot of conversation, not about the solution, but is the pain real? Is this something that's mm -hmm. persistent? Um, you know, do, do we see this being, a, a, you know, a, having a lot of impact over the long haul? And so check a lot of those boxes for me. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good point. And it's something that's come up on the on the podcast before and I've had conversations is that the the most important part of the process is actually qualifying what the pain is for the customer rather than going and building a product based off a pain that you believe might be there or perceive to be there. Um, it's best to, to actually actively hunt those conversations where you can ask, am I right that this is a problem for you before going away and, and spending a lot of time and money building a product? Um, Absolutely. So after being um, acquired by VMware then in March of 2018, um, you you stayed there for about three, three and a half years um, in, in sort of within that organization. So um, what led to your decision to stay rather than using that as a point to uh, go to something else? And how did being a part of that global organization then change your environment and your responsibilities? Yeah, well, uh, VMware is a great company. Uh, you know, I think the mission that, that I was on there was very interesting. And I, I, in many ways, I didn't feel like it was finished from what we started in Cloud Corio. We had a really innovative model for, for automation and for um, looking across cloud deployments for, for vulnerabilities, um, leveraging a graph database and some other technologies. And so, uh, you know, I think the mission at VMware was to really help them in their cloud security and cloud uh, automation uh, vision. And so, uh, you know, there was integration of the technology, integration of the team. So that was really, you know, my focus and then kind of stepping into a broader leadership, um, almost in a general manager capacity for owning the cloud security uh, initiative. And, um, you know, so it was just fun. I mean, and we were, we were making an impact and, uh, and doing something really, really cool um, uh, for customers. And I think, uh, you know, probably in the area of cloud security, VMware is one of the best kept secrets. I'll put a shout out, you know, that company um, and the technology is the Secure State product, Secure State team. It's amazing uh, uh, set of resources to kind of characterize and find issues in your cloud. Um, so, you know, it was fun and we were building a great team and growing. And so, um, you know, I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And were you given the opportunity to act as your own organization within VMware or were you uh, sort of just one cog in the larger machine there? That's a great question. You know, that was one of the things that impressed me coming into VMware is I, I really felt like they did innovation well at all three levels. Um, so, you know, whether you're innovating on feature uh, level, whether you're taking a, a mid-tier bet on a new product or whether you're really doing acquisitions, at a larger scale to really, you know, um, establish a new flag and a new market, a new leg of a stool. And so VMware operates pretty well at all those levels. I mean, it's a huge organization, 20,000 people. Pat Gelsinger, uh, who's now the CEO of Intel, just amazing leader. And so I think uh, for me, there was a lot that I was learning. There's a lot that I took from Pat, a lot that I was uh, learning from the experience and um, how to innovate well at all those three levels was one of them. And so they, they let me uh, and they let us kind of operate as an independent product, as an independent business unit, um, really helping to foster and nurture what we were doing, and which later got folded into, you know, a broader cloud uh, management and security strategy.
but it really was the air cover that we needed to continue to push that ball forward. And I think that's a hard thing to do for, for mature companies, right? Um, how do you, how do you uh, give uh, you know, some of these teams that are working on disruptive approaches the, the latitude and the airspace to do so? And, mm. and, and that was definitely the case. Um, so uh, great learning, great amount of uh, freedom and latitude there to do what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I can tell. It was a sales pitch, honestly. Like, hey, come be a part of a startup with resources. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Best of both that worlds. Was, uh, that was just a, an amazing experience. I think everyone on the team had a great time. Well, it's obvious, Jason, that you, you've learned a lot from these experiences. You, you've taken a lot from um, those acquisitions and building those companies from scratch um, and taking on that capital and using that for your growth. I know that you, you kind of um, in your own time also now kind of pass that knowledge along as both an advisor and an investor for other technology startups. So I'm keen to know when you're looking at a new investment opportunity um, to get involved with a startup, what factors go into making that decision of whether to, to back a startup or not? These are going to sound like really cliche answers, you know, because I think, but, but they're cliche and people hear them for a reason. Uh, you know, I think you have to believe in the customer space. You have to kind of look, you know, the way I think about it is, you know, fast forward five, 10 years, you know, does this, is this trend and are the drivers behind it going to happen? So are you, are, do you have tailwinds or headwinds? Um, so I think, I think that's a starting point. Um, and then I think about, you know, intimacy with the customer problem and clarity over, you know, what you're trying to go solve. Um, sometimes it's not always there and you, and you have to trust in these early companies that if they are operating in one of these big spaces that they're going to figure it out. Um, but do they know what their mission is and what they want to solve? And then, you know, the last piece is the team. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, you can have a great team and, and great people and nice and good backgrounds, but, you know, is this the right team to solve that, that problem? And, uh, you know, I think kind of going back to the Union Bay days, there was some special, you know, we had a special group with uh, a lot of heritage and it was the right team to go solve that problem. Uh, I think similarly with Cloud Corio and similarly with Cloud Entity. I mean, in this company, we have uh, folks that have been working on this problem of, you know, API authorization and, and modern application authorization for, you know, really in the identity space for 20 years. And so deep industry experts uh, is important. Um, but you know you have that's not always there are some exceptions to those rules because sometimes you get people from non-traditional backgrounds um, to really disrupt the market space. So all those kind of go in uh, to to the to the factoring for me. And uh, you know I, I just think the mentality has to be uh, you know an underlying passion to go solve this problem because startups are are hard and they're a, they're a long journey. You never know. There's going to be some dark days and some bright days, and you want to have that bedrock. Uh, understanding to, to kind of lean back on on the dark days. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a really good answer. It's, um, I guess, yeah, the thing with startups, whether you're building them uh, or, or joining them is you're always balancing that kind of risk versus reward and trying to tell the future to as much yeah. of an accurate degree as you possibly can. Um, so I, I, I'd love to kind of obviously spend some time here talking about cloud entity as well, the work that you're doing at the moment and been um, doing most recently. So I'm interested in your your current role actually as a CEO. So I know that 
you've got a background that's extremely strong in both product and marketing, um, which is quite unique. You've spent time, as I've mentioned, as a chief product product officer and a chief marketing officer. Um, so in your current role, what, what kind of um, skill sets do you think are most important and useful for you to succeed in that? Well, the mentality I've brought in, uh, I guess, to this experience for me, and it's it's a different experience being hired in as a CEO versus starting a company and dubbing yourself that. Um, <laughs> is, uh, uh, you know, it's it's really all about the people first, and that you know, I think I I got firm about my principles and the way that I I want to do things and run them, and um, and being true to myself and honest with that, and so I think that's the place that I start, but. Uh, you know, when you have a background that's strong in one area, you have to be conscious of firing yourself from that, like not doing that role. And so, um, you know, uh, I think the CEO job, as I would describe it, is, you know, I, I need to have a lighter touch across more areas than, than really getting uh, super focused about, uh, you know, creating the product plan or, you know, driving the marketing message. Um, Someone told me once, and I love this, that the CEO's job is to tell the story, hire great people and don't run out of money. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, I think that um, is really, you know, my mentality now at this point in my career is to really help, you know, bring, you know, greatness out of all those functions to the extent that I can. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's always about the customer and, uh, and then just really operating as one team and trying to do that. And, and that requires, you know, not getting distracted into, you know, the CPO role or the CMO role. Now I have to, you know, there's times where you have to roll in. And I would say that's the temptation is that where you're strong in an area, if you get drug into that, you know, for a short period of time, can you, can you, you know, level out, can you pop out of, of that role? Um, and so I've had to do that a couple of times already. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> took took too much of a of a direct role in uh, in rearchitecting and messaging our website than I would have liked. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because a lot of the time, you know, I work with startups on a daily basis, and the one of the phrases I hear the most is um, you've got to be able to wear many hats. You know, got to be able to sort of contribute to many different functions within the organization. So it's just interesting that you say that because I think. <laughs> doing things that aren't your direct job description is such a big part of the environment of working in um, a startup. So from my perspective, having a, a CEO who would get sort of roll up his sleeves and, and construct some messaging for the website would be really inspiring to, to work under as well. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, you, you don't want figureheads. And I, I think that's one of the things that um, I appreciate about um, a startup uh, experience is um, you know, I'll never forget, you know, uh, the, the, the stark experience from, you know, growing a business in F5 where I'd been for 13 years and then, and then going into a startup, all of a sudden I was, you know, I was creating, uh, you, you know, the banners and, and mailing things from the trade show at reInvent back home. And I'm like, this is uh, how far I've fallen, right? You know, <laughs> but, but I think, I think those things allow you to um, really hone your skill to really, uh, it, it is important to, to use your tools. And, uh, and that's why I, I, I do like the direct experience of, of doing that and the challenge of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. And a question um, next, perhaps that will, um, you know, require both sides of that skill set. 
cloud entities products um, help companies to achieve a zero trust approach to their cybersecurity strategy. So for our listeners who aren't in the security space, how would you explain zero trust in a nutshell uh, and where is its place in the future of cybersecurity? I mean, I think the difference of zero trust, you know, to use a quick analogy, it's, it's, it's about, you know, not just having a lock on the front of your door, but maybe between the rooms. And uh, while that sounds inconvenient, I think the reality of what's going on in the enterprise is, is that, you know, uh, you know, essential to protecting everything is that we don't trust, uh, you know, anyone that, that is, you know, that, that comes into our door. And so the, the line between external users and internal users attacks can come from any vector. And so um, the zero trust model is about, you know, the fact that all users, you know, regardless of where they're at um, and locality have to be authenticated and authorized before they access information. And so um, it's really moving to this, uh, this model of, of um, you know, security by default and, 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 uh, uh, making sure that we assert and know who's accessing information rather than just trusting everyone on the inside because uh, you get attacks from uh, inside the building. And I think as networks have flattened, uh, you know, as you, as you don't have segmentation, natural barriers between rooms, uh, things are happening in a cloud world in a much more dynamic mm-hmm. and, and um, uh, larger pool. And so you have to have uh, these protections um, east to west, as they say, or intra-service. And so I think zero trust is really about every transaction being authorized, being, you know, that we're, we're, we're more intent on validating the data that's being shared with every requester. Yeah, perfect. Um, that's uh, the exact kind of answer that I was looking for. So thank you for that. <laughs> Good. And so uh, I'm conscious we're, we're kind of reaching the end of our time here, Jason. So I, I just had one final question for you, and it, it's uh, quite a cliche one for the end of a podcast. But um, what does the future hold for cloud entity moving forwards? What's the mission and, and where do you see yourself going from this point? Yeah, you know, we're really excited. I mean, coming back to the point I made thematically, um, you know, there's almost no way that you can look at what's happening in the world and say that there's not more of a need for what we're doing. Um, more customers are sharing data with partners and more uh, consumers. And so this confluence of privacy and of policy is really pushing the boundary of access. And so, uh, you know, we, we have a unique ability to um, really address uh, the open data and API economy um, being backed by trends like open banking and open finance, as well as, um, you know, uh, uh, we've had uh, open energy and a lot of these different verticals that have come in. And it's really all about sharing data safely and removing the friction. Um, so we're, we're, you know, entering into a growth phase. We feel like we have the right product at the right time. And it's all about, you know, this access control, visibility, governance, really providing an intelligent authorization layer for a, you know, a distributed set of uh, data and API. So we help organizations, no matter where they are, um, you know, share this information with the customers, partners, and, uh, and, and, and developers that, man- that matter to them. So very excited. So we're entering into a growth phase for us. You know, it really is uh, making sure that we've nailed that 
um, repeatable selling process mm. um, that we start to scale um, smartly the way that we're doing things. And so that's, that's where my focus is. Uh, we've got the product is now about sales and marketing execution. Perfect. Well, if there's anyone uh, to do it, Jason, I'm sure it's you. Um, you've obviously got a great deal of, um, of knowledge and, and, and takeaways from your previous experiences. And uh, I just want to thank you for sharing that with, uh, with myself and our listeners today. Um, and thank you for, for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity, Ben. Appreciate it. Perfect. Well, um, for those of you at home, tune in next time to Growing Tech Fast.